Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Oh man, Simon live from Portland. Love live it. Live from Portland. Back. Portland. Yeah, back. when we first started talking, I was live in Portland. Now you I'm were. Live in Portland. Live in Portland from Alabama to Portland and back. Uh, you know. That's right. I, I just got a text on my phone. Actually, it was really funny because it was a church congregation I mm-hmm. attend there. And um they were just asking everybody to please attend a service project this Saturday that I won't be there for, but it's yeah. to help clear the debris of a pine tree that's going to get cut down. But they gave the address and it's Plantation Place. That's oh. the street. <laughs> like Alabama. Time to change the name of that street. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going to show up. Everybody's singing spirituals. And it is Alabama. I mean, <laughs> they're late to like everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like um, most religion is late to everything, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yes. like you put the religion and you get a religious, you know, um, state and everything like that. And you're just going to be about 50 years behind the times. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I lived in Georgia for like a couple years and uh, very backwards. Like yeah. not in Atlanta, like deep South Georgia, like yeah. Savannah, Richmond Hill, very backwards. The bigger the city or town, the more cosmopolitan it's going to tend to be yeah. where they'll, you know, look at and accept a wider variety of views. Yeah. I was in, um, so here in Portland, we have a street called Hawthorne street. It's a very nice street. It's got lots of restaurants and theaters and all kinds of stuff. Very popular. Um, I go and I meet a friend there. Uh, for brunch yesterday and I'm just sitting there people watching because we're sitting we're on the on a table on the sidewalk and I was I was telling my daughter about this I thought it was so funny I was like I forgot how weird Portland is yes because it's so but it's so great in in a great way because it's just like I'm watching everybody walk by and I you know it's like a quote unquote normal person dressed just kind of normal or whatever is absolutely the um you know the rare the yeah, rarity the outlier they, yeah they're the <laughs> yeah. outliers now you know i'm sitting there in just a t-shirt and some athletic shorts or whatever yeah. you know and i'm just like i'm the weirdo here you <laughs> yeah <know>? <laughs> you're <laughs> the weirdo it, it's fantastic man it's fantastic i just love it and yeah. to see that so many different kinds of um people uh just 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 walking by you know uh, 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 through each other around each other yeah um you know you just see it just like uh, why are people scared Mm. of difference that's the big question that i I have it's just like all these people are so different and they all look like they're just wonderful it's like i want to sit down and interview every single one right i just want to ask them like the simple question what's up with you man (laughs) <laughs> what's up with you what happened? what's going on with you yeah. yeah and in a really good way yeah but um but yeah you move somewhere that's a bit more we'll just say conservative or sure. whatever and and a bit more behind the times um as far as like um social issues go yeah 
and they're the weirdos. You know, it's just like, hmm, there's a reason I left Portland and we ended up staying here for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> you're on an adventure, man. I feel like you're on a big adventure. Like, tell my wife that. I said, Simon, and they're, they're like on an adventure. I, that's what we're doing too, man. We're on adventures, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of your town again? Blaine. Blaine. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Somebody was asking me uh, where you are. I was telling somebody about our podcast. Yeah. They were asking if we do it live or if we're, a, you know, and I was like, no, he lives on the Canadian border. So <laughs> yeah. not exactly. Can't, very can't conservative place too. Also, yeah. Actually a very conservative place in a state that's really liberal, you would say, you know, but yeah. very conservative here up this part. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about Oregon and Washington that are considered liberal places. But once you leave the big, yeah. cities very conservative very that's yeah. why there's a movement to try and join idaho like <laughs> eastern, eastern oregon wants to join idaho wow and idaho's like um no <laughs> how about that's a no yeah <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> a no let's face it i mean nothing against eastern oregon there's some beautiful places and beautiful people but you guys are financially worthless <laughs> you know worthless <laughs> yeah financially speak i mean you'll just be a burden on idaho the simon you know what this is skeptical simon i knew you were coming back i knew you were coming back and the movie with nir i bet you're skeptical about it on some level man i'm telling you I, I i've got i've got lots to say i'm Let's telling you that. There's a lot to say about this movie. Yeah, a yeah. lot, right? Speaking of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So this feeds, you know, <laughs> let's just say it out loud. This is a very Swedish film. Very Swedish. It started off not, it, it was very, uh, what, what do you, what's the word? Like under, uh, just everybody was kind of chill. chill. Everything's kind of chill. Yeah, it's chill. And it was just like, oh, here comes the orgy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you oh, know. yeah, this is a Swedish film. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> this is like kind of my vibe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't noticed this yet. <laughs> the thing that I kept giggling about was the soundtrack. Yes. Because sometimes it was difficult to take a scene seriously because of this 90s club music That's that right. kept coming on that That's was right. just like and not even good 90s club music but no. like the most harmless neutral sounding 90s club music that you could possibly put on like music that was meant to be put on a 90s elevator going up to the club yes yes <laughs> you know what I yes mean? but it's so swedish i mean so swedish I don't want to sound like I think I'm an expert on Sweden or anything. But <laughs> no, no. It, it actually reminded me. Uh, so in my music production, I I actually have um, a bunch of plugins uh, for you know affecting different things from a Swedish company. They're called Klevgrand, I think. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, you know, every company who puts out these music gizmos and plugins and stuff like that they always have sound samples of what they do and everything and it's it's that yeah it's that it's that soundtrack to the <laughs> 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 i 
<laughs> and it always cracks me up. I'm just like, hmm, Sweden. Yes. You're, you guys are like Georgia. You're about 30 years behind. It's true, man. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> because everything in that movie is really beautiful and it's amazing. I looked at the statistics and I'm, I'm blanking on the actual budget for this movie, but it is not. I mean, when you talk about like a Hollywood budget versus right. this budget, I mean, no budget. None. Is what but to help make it look the way it looks with no budget. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> really good. I couldn't help but think that they were filming in actual shopping centers and things <laughs> like that, you know, because it, but I liked that actually, yeah. because it, it, because it kept the vibe of that. This is just one big cruise ship. Right. Exactly. Right. You it's know. entertainment. You yeah. know? This is supposed to be a pleasure cruise until you reach the cold hell that is Mars. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of, I think that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. It's, and it's and it's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. There's a very existentialist feel to the main character where she says, basically, this is just as good as anything else. Yeah. And that is a theme to the beginning, right? Where it's just like, and, and even when people like the first scene of panic when people, when somebody right. hears the news that they can't and she gets down in their face at that poor Spanish guy. That's right. And, and she's like, Mars is hell. Basically it's a cold, dark hell. Yeah. You might as well live here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's this, it, it's, it's kind of a nice existentialist feel where it's just like, this life is just as good as any, you can burn on earth burn on you know on the hellscape that is now earth yeah you can go to the hellscape that the cold hellscape that is now mars or you can live on a pleasure cruise yeah i'll take the pleasure cruise <laughs> <laughs> right because you think like i think we have this fascination especially with mars right now especially like space companies and stuff but the reality i was talking to michelle about this the reality of it is living there's not going to be exciting i mean it's not no. it's not going to be no. fun you know, at least the original maybe, people, it's not going to be great. Yeah. Maybe if you're big into spelunking. Yeah, maybe. And go yeah. find some great caves, you know, whatever. Yeah. It might be really exciting if you're a scientist and you right. find some ancient remains of what used to be a stream bed or something, right. you know, and you're just like, wow, neat. And then the rest of us are like, great but it's not a real stream bed anymore. So no. useless to us. Yeah. We're the fun people at, by the way, yeah. <laughs> it's always just the scientists. You don't like think of yeah. these like scientists as being like these amazingly fun people. You're like, Oh, a lot of research is going to happen. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so, um, and so that was kind of interesting. So the astronomer in mm. the show and she is the, She's kind of the voice of despair from the beginning. She, she is. Yes. You know, she's separated. Yeah. And in fact, that's the first time we kind of hear that existential philosophy is that she talks about being, having been separated from her significant other right. husband, whatever. And after 32 years or something like that, and they say, Oh, wow, that's a long time. And what happened? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. You can't, you can't know when you're in it, what happened. Right. 
So she was like, ask me in another 30 years or something like that, you know, maybe I'll know what happened, you know, and, but the main character, she's kind of like, well, this life is as good as another, you know, being yeah. single is as good as being together or whatever, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was just a really great way to kind of set up the film. It was a good first kind of analog for what's about to happen. That's We're about exactly to get separated right. from all the rest of humanity. We're not going to ever know for sure what exactly happened. We know there was some space junk. We know this, yeah. we know that, but you know, the stoic captain. I, I loved watching him unravel throughout. Too. The it was like this burn, like yeah. the realization that, hey, like we're trying to keep this together, but we know, like we know. Yeah. It's yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. And I love the false hope that they get, you know, they think yeah. the spear is going to be the fuel that's been yeah. sent out to them or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're, they're once again, the astronomer comes in grabbing the guy's crucifix, I believe, that was mm -hmm. on those around his neck, this, this symbol of hope and saying, this is all, you know, and she's, she's drunk, but she's, she's saying, you know, this is all coincidence. There is no hope. It's so the voice of despair, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you love it. Isn't that what our, uh, the title means? I, I, you know, I didn't look despairing. it up actually. I, I think I think that I saw that, but mm, that would make it, sense. Yeah. Um, so, was, yeah, it was a really like I remember watching it and I was like, does has anybody else watched this? Like because it like flew hard under the radar hard. Yeah. Like who knows about this movie? I just stumbled upon it and I was like space Mars. I'm in, you know, yeah. and then I didn't think it was what it was. I was like, oh, this is really like the the destruction of people, the human yeah. behavior over and they detail it over many, many, many this long time period, which I thought yeah. was also interesting, too. So spoilers here. Yeah, right. You gotta warn everybody. Spoilers. Spoilers. But the last time we see anybody alive, I think, is 24 years into this lost in space yeah. space voyage. And it was just, it, it was neat to see how they did it. Like, you know, with these episodic things, I was surprised yeah. how they skipped so far ahead in they time. Sometimes I was like, far. oh, wow, you just, okay. It's like year one, year two, year three, year 10. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> well, we missed some stuff. <laughs> yeah. The just breakdown of society when like, like when you're operating that room and nobody's using that room initially. You know, but then everybody wants to use it yeah. at a certain point. And then just the destruction of that was like another another despair point. It was like, yeah. oh, we overloaded it, basically, you know. I, I, I thought it was funny. It was, it was kind of like the hologram deck on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Having an existential crisis and saying, <laughs> yeah. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I can't take any more of you guys playing Sherlock Holmes on here. So I'm out <laughs> and just committing suicide. Yo. The technology was like, this is too much. This yeah. is like <laughs> and I thought that was really, I mean, once again, you can easily tie that into um, religion, which is very interesting because I feel like I've been having these conversations. We, we touched on some of these uh, last time where we were talking about things like, uh, I, I believe we were talking about things like, you know, does your faith, 
does you does God um, empower you or depower you? Right. Yeah. And the thing about putting all your faith in a sacrificial being like a Jesus or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's not to say I'm not trying to disparage the idea because I think it's a beautiful idea. And I think, um, all, you know, all of us can learn a lot from that, um, that story and from um, having faith in that, um, that, that idea of a messianic figure that takes upon themselves uh, the, you know, the, the pain and sins of the world yeah. and things like that. However, at some point, doesn't your God want you to kind of grow up? Yeah. And, and become your own person and stop coming in. To me, what they were doing was almost like prayer. You know, they, yeah. they're coming in, they kind of get lost in this kind of faith meditation of what they wish was, which is kind of what prayer is, right? Yeah. I wish for this. I wish life was like this. So please, God, help life be like this. Right, right. <laughs> which is a bit contrary to the way Jesus kind of taught prayer exactly yeah you know um but you know it is what it is things yeah. evolve yeah um, but i just thought that was a very interesting thing to, to to think about a god that is just like you know what you guys just aren't figuring it out with me yeah so maybe i'm gonna kind of check out mm. you know what i mean yeah and couldn't you kind of make an argument for that for the last 2000 years? Because Christianity hasn't had a really great track record of, of being a, um, uh, 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 the voice of a divine and benevolent creator. Right. Um, so, you know, we could make an argument that God just kind of said, you know what? You guys just aren't getting it. So I'm, kind of, I'm out of here. Yeah. I think this plays out in some other shows where like, I can't remember which show it was where God disappears. Um, I don't know if it's preacher. I don't think it's preacher. I can't remember, honestly, but it's something like that where it's like, Oh, God's just disappeared. Nobody could find him. It's a great Tom Waits song called God's away on business. <laughs> he might be away on business right now, especially yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. This isn't what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, so I had a conversation with my daughter, Sunny, who's 20 years old, mm -hmm. and hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing this. I don't think she would. She's okay. very openly atheist. Okay. And uh, here I am, her father, struggling to keep spirituality in, in my life, mm -hmm. even though, so here's, here's, here's how the story goes when she's about eight years old and she's telling me this story. And the context of this is that um, she has, she was kind of arguing to me that I had told them what they should believe by taking them to church. Okay. Which is kind of like, I'm telling them what to believe by taking, by sending them to school. It's like, not really, you know, yeah. but I can, I can see where you're coming from okay. because I never told them what they needed to believe. I never told them this is what you should believe. And this is what you shouldn't believe. But I did try to have, have tried to teach them their entire lives how to think critically. Mm. And so in this example that she brought up, she said, when she was eight years old, we left church and we're driving home and somebody had got up and talked about something silly, the equivalent of they prayed to God and God helped them find their car keys. Uh, the equivalent of something like that. Very silly. Yeah. And I turned to the kids and I asked them, what do you guys think about that? And they're just like, I don't know. 
I don't know, I, I guess that's fine. And I said, well, what about the idea that God helped them find their car keys, but down the street did nothing about a girl being raped? Yeah. And Sonny said, she just kept thinking about that. Yeah, really? Thinking about that. <clears throat> and came to the conclusion, there's no God. <laughs> Wow. Which wasn't what I meant. Which wasn't <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Push with that. You know, yeah. what I was trying to push is like, how do we perceive God's role in our lives? And there is a big question in other people's lives. Yeah. And this movie kind of asked that question. It's like, well, throughout all of history of this world, we've had people who have, through no fault of their own, have been destroyed, killed suffered, been lost, all these kinds of things. And the question is, where was God? Yeah. Where was, where, if you get right down to it, to the most essential Christian belief that God is the father, literal father of, and we are all his children. Where's dad? Yeah. Where's dad? <laughs> yeah. I can sense there's a turn in you. I feel it, man. Like <laughs> you said, you said I'm struggling, struggling to keep spirituality. And I would, I know we're talking about this, but I'd like to hear more about that. You know? Um, my struggle is that I'm a very logical person. Mm. So once again, just like that example I gave to my kids, mm. I am going to take every idea to its logical conclusion. Sure. And if that conclusion is BS, I don't care what it is. I don't yeah. care if it's religion, science, uh, politics, sure. whatever. I don't care what it is. I'm going to take that idea to its logical conclusion. And a lot of people will argue, but that's not faith. My argument back to them is faith without works is dead. Yeah. So I've got to put in the work to figure out what my faith is actually is yeah <clears throat> and when you put in that kind of work and you see the world with clear eyes unbiased by your preconceived notions yeah of jesus is my savior mm -hmm. or, or whatever other religion you're 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 a part of then things get real tricky <laughs> <laughs> just putting it lightly i understand what you're doing and what you're going through i really do uh, this is I've gone through iterations of this several times in my life, like mm -hmm. early 20s. I had a lot of questions, worked through it, <clears throat> came out with the same conclusion. Uh, I would say right now I'm in a season where I'm just like, I need to like study this more. Yeah. So I'm reading <clears throat> uh, like I have all the books from Lee Strobel. I love him as an author. Mm -hmm. I think it's great yeah. case for Christ and mm -hmm. <clears throat> all that. And it's just very compelling. And all of the scientists that he interviews in there and the historical uh, aspects of Jesus and the whole thing, it's very compelling. It always yeah. pulls me back in, you know, but I'm like you, I'm very logical. And, but I, I don't think it's, I think you should question it. I'm not of the like, don't question. Don't question anything. Don't don't have yeah. any questions about God. And like, I think actually God wants us to have questions. I mean, and explore that, that here. Here's you know, that's my take on it as well. If mm. I come to the conclusion that there is no God during my lifetime here, let's just say, for example, yeah. I do that. Now I die and I go to meet God. Yeah. 
And he's like, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It's a birthday party. (laughs) I would think that he would be very pleased with how much work I put into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, deciding for myself, figuring out for myself, not, not taking somebody else's word for it, not, not believing blindly, not doing all these things, but I put in so much freaking work. Yeah. Yeah. And to come into whatever conclusion I came to. Yeah. I can't help but think God would be way happier with that than if I had just said, yeah, sure. I'll go with, I'll go with with JC. Yeah. No, I'll get a fish tattoo and sing Jesus. I'm so in love with you. Yeah. And never question it. I mean, I just, you know, that, that's why, like, I'm so proud of my daughter, Sonny. Yeah. They are, they are living their, let's just call it their truth. Right. Right. And hopefully that truth evolves over time. And I'm not saying that in a way that I'm saying, I hope they come back to church or anything like that, but hopefully they're like you, what you just described and what I, what I just said, it's like, don't be so absolute about anything. Yeah. Because hopefully the experiences you have in your life will just continue to change you and you will evolve. Yeah. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Evolution. I mean, she's 20. I mean, wait, yeah. 20. things change a lot yeah. from 20 to 40, like yes, a megaton. <laughs> like it's like crazy how much. See, I mean, you don't know. Yeah. And then for me, it's like I just like am willing to go out on many ledges to explore my faith, which honestly, which, you know, my intake, I've talked about this openly on my podcast many times. I really don't care. My intake of psilocybin mushrooms was another marker for me to confirm divinity. It was a huge Mm. crossing point. I was like, this makes sense to me. I just, spoke to another, some, yeah. I just spoke to somebody else who had a very similar experience. It just confirmed saying. it. And, yeah. and even in, you know, there was so much research in this area in the uh, 60s, 1560s. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest research studies was done with divinity students. It's, an, a, it's a mind-blowing research study. And mm-hmm. for all the divinity students, they said it was their greatest spiritual experience yeah. going through that. It confirmed the divinity. I have the very, had a very similar, I've always had a very similar thing. Uh, mm-hmm. with that. But I think that's me stepping out on a ledge, trying to, and different pathways, whether it's reading, doing this to say, okay, how does this mesh with my logic related to this? Yeah. You know, I'm always willing to go on the ledge for that stuff. That's, that's the important thing. So uh, <laughs> I found myself repeating this recently. So um, I, I figured out a way to try and explain myself to people uh, because, you know, have these conversations with people, people, people want to know what you, what you're all about, you know? Yeah. And I've been struggling to tell people what I'm all, what I'm all about, Mm. because I feel like I'm trying to be about everything, but Mm. how do you explain that? So I figured this out. I I think it's a a good uh, analogy where I I started telling people, I, I step into every doorway, Yeah. but I don't go in the room. Hmm. I step in the doorway and I'm going to listen and I'm going to listen sincerely. And I want to learn from every room I go into or, or every doorway I go into. 
And I'm going to listen and I'm going to think about those ideas profoundly. And then I'm going to kind of lean in into the room a little bit and I'm going to whisper, what if? Mm. That's the mischief in me. Yeah. You know, it's like I've been recording a rap artist here named Ronnie Taylor. I'm actually in his house right now. Yeah. So um, he has been, uh, he has made a life for himself, a very good life with patterns that are very consistent and things like that. And I have stepped into his life and I have been a wrecking ball of chaos. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was, he's been talking to me about it. He's like, it's been so good to have you here. He said, I had no idea. And this is, these are his words, how rigid I'd become. Mm. And he doesn't want to be rigid. Yeah. He wants to experience life. He wants to, you know, do things and experience things, all this stuff that, that we all want. Yeah. And then the rigidity of our, what we believe is our thing, our place or whatever gets in the way of us experiencing all these other things. Yeah. Had you, I'm sure you were raised like I was say no to drugs, say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. All drugs doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Tylenol, ibuprofen. No. <laughs> um, but had you not said, you know what? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> then you would have locked yourself out from having a profound spiritual experience. Exactly. I just like, you know, like somebody tells me something. I'm like, okay, well, I want to go deeper into this. I don't want to tell them they're wrong or right. I just want to like experience it myself. Like, okay, what is the information that's there? Tell me. <clears throat> and then what is my own observation or experience? Tell me. And yeah. then I make a decision from there. I think that's what's the really, we're at this weird crisis point, I think, in spirituality and especially in America, mm -hmm. where I'm sure you are very aware of all this stuff where it's like, it's shifting into something, especially Christianity, it's shifting into a very extremist thing on yeah. at least the allowed people are sh shifting it into this Christian nationalism thing. Uh, I'm just like, uh, and we wonder why church attendance is down. Right. And it's just diving. Right. Yeah. It's just and it's 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 not sitting well with me. <clears throat> it's just not sitting well. with me. Well, it's a response to progressive social um uh i i just i fail to see how seeing somebody equal to me is progressive yeah. so i'm just gonna say it's a this is a response to society progressing mm. because i don't think seeing somebody as equal to me and, and should enjoy the same benefits as me as a very progressive idea. That's not, <laughs> right. It's not you know, a progressive idea. No, no, that's, that's just <laughs> what is that humanity? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but society is progressing. Yes. And we are seeing the fruits of so much labor yeah. that has been going on, you know, uh, for, forever really you know yeah. people trying to say you know i'm here the way i want to love somebody isn't evil yeah 
It's just the way I want to love them. And it's who I want to love. Who I want to love isn't evil. Yeah. For whatever reason, and I'll tell you another thing, it's Old Testament. Yeah. I tell you, man, Christianity and their Old Testament. I know. It's like, what did Jesus tell you? I know. (laughs) I came to complete that. Exactly. No more sacrifices with all these things, you know. I'm completing this. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Christianity's totally chill with saying we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore, yeah. but they still want to stone gays. Right. It's just crazy <laughs> you know? to me. It's just crazy to me. You know, and, and so I, I just don't understand. It's like you're just nitpicking ways that you can keep people down. Yeah. And have power over them and pretending. So there was this um, when gay marriage first passed. Yeah. So there are some folks who went out and did a bunch of interviews with people who were against it. Ask them why they're against it. Of course, you know, you hear the most ridiculous things. Yeah. You know, but they're all just so scared of all this other stuff. They go back a year later, interview the same people. Ask them, how has your life changed since gay marriage passed? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it really hasn't across the board. Oh, I guess, I guess it really hasn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Allowing somebody else just to live the way they want to live has no impact on you whatsoever. None. Allowing somebody else to love the person they want to love. Yeah. Unless you're in love with them too. Yeah. (laughs) Whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But these are the things, man. These are the things where I'm just like, well, if that's Christianity, then I'm out. Right. I've had these discussions with my wife about this and I, it's important to put it out there. I think in a public aspect and be, you know, have speak intelligently about it. But, and I told her, I said, well, are are we really Christians? Like, because the version that is being presented is not what is the actuality of what we're into. Like, and certainly what is the loud mouth people on the fringes are presenting. That's definitely not, Christianity like I mean I think we believe in God and Jesus but does that mean we believe in what they're saying it is like it was just I was just like there's got to be a different thing there's a different I said I think honestly I think Jesus would be very disappointed in what's happening I really do I really do man (laughs) I just they'd be like so disappointed like no no so I consider myself a Christian and it's not because I follow exclusively the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. But here's where, so I've mentioned to you that I'm writing this book. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. That's uh, right. man, a manifestation of the feminine. Yeah. That's what the title is. The whole point of this book is to do what I've been talking about. Take things to their logical conclusion. Yeah. And it's not to disprove or prove anything. Right. That's not the point of the book at all. I am not trying to take, I am not trying to build or take away anybody's faith. What I'm trying to say is I think we've been doing it wrong. Mm. So what are we, if we say we're a Christian, what a Christian is literally a follower of Christ. Mm. What did Christ do during his ministry? 
he pointed out all the hypocrisies within his own faith. Correct. He did not go around telling, telling people outside of his faith what they were oh. doing wrong and their hypocrisies within his own faith and culture. That's what he concentrated on. So as a Christian myself, writing this book, the point of it is to point out these are the hypocrisies. Yeah. I mean, and if think you're not willing it. to contend with these, then you're not Christian. That's my personal opinion. If yeah. you're not willing to contend with the hypocrisies and work uh, to fight against these hypocrisies yeah. that are within our own faith culture, then you're not actually a Christian yeah. because you don't actually follow Christ. You can believe in him all day. Yeah. You can pray to him all night. But until you start rooting out the hypocrisy within your own faith system, you're not a Christian. Yeah. I like this, this take. I like this hot take, Simon. <laughs> like, think about like Jesus, like believe in one of the S, but he talks to a very super wealthy guy and he's like, how can I get all this eternity? I want to have eternity like everything. And he was like, I want you to sell everything you have. Yep. And the guy goes, well, I can't do that. You know, it's like, again, Jesus just says, follow me you know, sell everything you have yeah. whole thing. And it just points it out over and over again. And people say, how could, why, why do you sit with those people? Excuse me. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I came for them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Right. I came for them. You all think like, you're righteous already. You yeah. Don't me. Who do you think you are? He's basically like, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> exactly. You know, um, that that first example you gave, the rich young man, yeah, who I think the scripture literally says walks away sad mm. after Jesus tells him that. What a perfect example of that hypocrisy where that young man had accumulated so many worldly things, but Jesus keeps saying over and over, My kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. So that guy, he doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't get, get it. it. Right. People jumping over pews to say, oh, being gay is wrong. We're like, really? And, you know, actually, that was one of the first things that kind of started breaking me a little. I was like, I don't believe this. I remember telling my wife, I was like, I don't believe this at all. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, what does that mean that I don't believe that? Like, what does that mean? And like and, and we both agreed that. And I don't think it like changed our faith, but it just was like, I don't believe that. I don't know. It was weird. Like thinking that, you know, I think that's, see, I think that's beautiful when the representatives of your faith can say something and you can say, I don't believe that, but it doesn't affect your faith. It didn't. Yeah. It never has. I, I think just don't believe it. Thing, yeah. Know? Because we're in a cancel culture yeah. where if somebody says something, we cancel everything they're about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for you to be able to hold on to that and say, I believe in Jesus, but not that one. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> it just felt, it just always has felt made up. I was like, oh, that feels made up. You know, I was like, that's just like, what is that? Like, because someone has a different sexual orientation or is, I was like, what that has nothing to do with like the, the ground, the real reality of this situation, you know? One of the singular things that Christianity has to come to grips with is that most of it's made up. Yeah, I agree, man. <laughs> the acceptance like... of that. <laughs> in my little book that I mentioned, I, I do a quick comparison of Buddha and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So the first writings to come out 
about the teachings of or or documenting the teachings of Jude, Buddha for 400 years after his death. The, the reason I was make one of the reasons I was making this comparison is that neither Buddha nor Jesus were writers, right? They were oral teachers, oral teachers, sorry. And, um, and they, uh, so somebody else had to, we, we only know about them because somebody else wrote about them. That's the yeah. whole point. Right. Um, they both taught very similar precepts once you break them down. Yeah. Um, and the other side of this uh, uh, coin is that, uh, well, we'll take Jesus, for example, the people who wrote about him first, this is like 50 years later. Paul is the first guy he's writing. Right. And he's a, that's the earliest writings we have. He's 50 years later, never met Jesus. Right. How accurate yeah. can we expect writings that came 50, 100, 200 years after Jesus, written by people who never met the man? Yeah. How accurate could they possibly be? Mm. And that's not to say Jesus didn't exist. He didn't. It's not to say he didn't teach this. It's not to say he didn't say that. It's to say we have to just come to the grips with that. Some of it's made up. Yeah. It's embellished. People <clears throat> take artistic license. Sure. And the same thing with Buddha. Yeah. You're going to tell me that 400 years after the fact, somebody was around <laughs> <laughs> who had walked with Buddha and wrote down everything he said. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. I mean, think it's about like, up. think about like the concept of karma. Most humans have made that up. They have like mangled it and like mm -hmm. beyond recognition. It's, it's actually ridiculous. What is, yeah. what it has become. And if you, I always do this to people when people say, oh, it's karma. I'm like, what does that actually mean? Like, I know what it means, but I like want them to like anything. If you ask someone to explain themselves, that's when it breaks. Uh, the reality uh, breaks. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they did yeah. something bad. So it's something comes, I'm like, that's actually not what it is. <laughs> so like, it's like, it's nothing. It's no. And that's, that's just, the American. That's American of karma. Of karma. Like, yeah. Like that's, you're talking about consequences. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Somebody does I mean, yeah, like, there's nothing profound about action and consequence. Yeah. I mean, it's just, come on. Yeah. yeah. But people do that. They make up something to fit their reality. Yeah. They just made, they want it to fit the reality that they're living in. You know, people want justice. They want there to be um, appropriate. Con they want the right. punishment to fit the crime. Right. And they want the universe to take care of that for them. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other thing, Simon. I mean, you're getting into like, <laughs> and that's why I always keep lots of time for Simon now. I told him, I was like, dude, off. I was like, I am not scheduling anything behind this for like an hour and a half, two hours. This oh, is always the deepest stuff here. It was, I can't more people. And this is honestly with my podcast. I meet a lot of people who are like the universe told me this whole thing. And I'm like, explain yourself. Yeah. And they always struggle when they tell me they struggle with it because know. they're making it up. I know that's the, thing. <laughs> <laughs> the universe manifests. I'm like, literally, I, I tell it, what does that mean? Like, is the universe alive in a way that's different than what I, I want to know? Like, yeah. What does that mean? The universe is that God? About Gaia? To you? 
Yeah, yeah like what is you know, is it I mean, like the what, what are we talking about here? It just breaks down as soon as you know, it just breaks down immediately. It just does. Because nobody ever does that to people. They never question tell people to explain themselves. And 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 that is that's why I like talking to you. I yeah. said something earlier and you said basically explain yourself. Yeah. You know? I'm like, you're struggling. What does that mean? Like that's the one of the greatest questions. What does that mean? And what does the apostle Paul say? He says, have an answer for people who question you. And exactly. He, he tells us to do that. Yes. You can only do that through profound self-examination. Mm. And if we're not willing to do that, because self-examination means coming head to head with the moat in our own eye. Mm. And if we're not willing to do that, then we are not going to have an answer. Yeah. If we just want to have this kind of, I mean, what you were just saying about the universe manifesting itself to it, it's the same idea as Jesus take the wheel. I know. You know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's the same idea as I don't have any control in, in my life. Yeah. But, but karma says my actions will have consequence. Yeah. But if you're giving up control your whole life, I just don't know what to say. Aren't you just people. worshiping the universe? Like you're, I mean, like, and like, I'm telling you, Simon, this gets told to me so much doing this. The mm -hmm. universe told me, and, and you can listen to any of the podcasts when I do it. I say, what is the universe? What, like, are we talking about like quasars, black holes told you? Like, seriously, explain it. Like, <laughs> It, uh, no time dilation like there's a lot happening here yes. i mean quantum you, we can talk about string theory that's part of the universe it's like there's is this so a sentience there. is there sentience is what you're telling me and it just like it destroys the argument immediately immediately oh the universe gave me this job i'm calling bullshit on that man i'm telling you man so here, here's something. Uh, uh, the first time I ever told this to my wife, she did not like it. Okay. I said, you always do what you want to do. She's like, no, I don't. I have to do things every day I don't want to do. I said, no, that's wrong. You looked at your choices. You weighed the consequences. And you chose the thing you wanted to do. Yeah. You might have desired. You might have had a daydream about, oh, I, I wish I could do this. Yeah. In actuality, you could have, but yeah. you chose the thing you wanted to do. Now, every day when I tell myself that I am taking personal accountability for every single word I say, every single step I take, everything I do, and the consequences that come from those things are all mine and I own them. It's not the universe. It ain't yeah. karma. It has none, none of that has any control over me whatsoever. It's not Jesus. Take the wheel. It's actually Jesus. I'll take the wheel. I will be in control of my own life. Thank you. And everything I do at the end of this life, if I end up at the judgment bar and I'm on the opposite side of God and they're saying, you know, you did this, this, and this, and I will have to say without any question or reservation, yes. And that is exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. So judge yeah. me accordingly. Right. Yeah. And she didn't like that. 
She didn't like it at first. At first. But then she thought it through. Right. She's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think any reasonable person would look at that and say, well, yeah, we all need to take personal accountability for everything. And that's my version of doing it. Whether you want to say, you know, well, I have a lot of faith that God is going to intervene for me and all these kind Mm -hmm. of things. That's fine. That's, that's, that's the world you're living in. It's not the world I'm living in Yeah, because I know how much suffering is going around on around the world. And I can't sit here and say, I worship a benevolent, loving father who just sits by and watches that go on. Yeah. But they're helping me get a job that makes me money. No, no, <laughs> no. I think you said something interesting last evil, time, by the way. Right. I think you said something <laughs> last time is like, I think you said, please correct me if I guess. I say weird stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm like any human. I embellish stories here, yeah. there, you know, like I think, I think you had said, like, I, I think that, you know, that God basically leaves us to our own devices. Essentially something That's to my that personal effect. philosophy, right? That was your, what you had. I'm just want to make sure I'm saying yeah. correctly. That, what that, you that said. is, that is what I was saying. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of the founding fathers were actually deists who yes, kind of believe yes. in the similar thing where God yeah. put everything in motion and then leaves us to our own yeah. devices. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very much in line with that I, kind of idea. Yeah. Because otherwise, how is anybody responsible for anything they do? Right. If God is picking and choosing when and where he's going to intervene, how does it, how is there any personal accountability for anything? Right. Yeah. These I, things just, for me, they're paradoxical and I'm fine. We can live in a paradox. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. But if we're going to live in that paradox, then we have to come to terms that it is a paradox. And do you want to, and so do you think God is a logical God who, you know, sets the the universe in motion in a logical way? Or do you think God is a paradox? I don't know. I, maybe that's not an either or question, but yeah. for me, it's like, these are the things you have to come to terms with. And I yeah. just don't think most people are who are saying they believe in Jesus are coming to terms with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think of the, think of the enormity of that job. This, yeah. If you were responsible for everything, everywhere, every time and every dimension that occurred that was bad for saving that for intervening in that it just it's unfathomable to me yeah. it's it literally is it would be uh, a miracle every hour of every day of every second on the play would be something miraculous happening all the time literally yeah. <laughs> it's like i don't think that was ever what it was meant to be no at i don't all. think so either I don't think so either. And, you know, to your point, the God of the seen and unseen universe, and that's from the uh, Nicene Creed, you know, um, so you're saying that he is, you know, this is the God literally of everything. Yeah. And he cares about if a woman has more than one piercing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Paul, like, like Paul's teachings, he cares about the length of your hair. He cares about if you have a tattoo or or whatever. I mean, come 
on. He cares if you enjoy a beer. He cares if you, you know, it's just like, so. Jesus filled up the wine, man. He filled that wine up. Exactly. Man. <laughs> he was up at that party. And everybody Jesus was like, at parties, the man. best wine. Yeah. They were like, they we're running low. That if it wasn't good wine. Right. Jesus, we're running low. Seriously. He was yeah. like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> it was came right back up. I was like, I would party with JC, man. He seems right. like he's at the great parties, man. That's right. Well, you know, he called everybody out for, for um, criticizing him for coming and going to parties and right. dancing and things yes. like that. He's like, you criticize John the Baptist when he is the quintessential prophet wearing camel hair and eating locusts. <laughs> but I come to you and I'm getting down at your parties and your yeah. celebrations and I'm dancing and I'm celebrating with you. And now you don't want me either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I was going to say about that was, uh, oh, shoot. I lost it. <laughs> this was almost like the ultimate outcast and rebel in many ways. You know, it's yeah, we've gotten away from that, though. It just it's just weird to me. But I think we just. God is everything everywhere, but like must do everything, must prevent everything. I've always struggled with that. I was like, these well, are man made things, man. A lot yeah, of this is just man-made okay. things, man. That's actually what I was going to get at is that so much, all this stuff is just made up. It's just You're people just made stuff, man. It up yeah. Because there's no way you can convince me that the universal being who created everything for another, you know, trillion light years away from here yeah. and here that he cares about what you're telling me to care about. <laughs> yeah. It seems um, trivial. You know what I mean? It's like, why? I mean. So I had this conversation with somebody to try and illustrate this point. We we're talking about if Jesus was perfect. And I say, sure. Or to more to the point, if he was sinless. And I said, sure. Because to be sinless is to not act against the will of God. Mm. That, however, does not mean you don't make a mistake. Right. That, however, does not mean you are not in error on a plethora of things. So to say Jesus was perfect or sinless is not to say that he did not have the human experience of being wrong. Right. I guarantee you in Jesus's life, he had to go up to somebody and apologize. I was wrong. Yeah. And if he didn't, then it's not a Jesus I'm interested in <laughs> because he didn't have it. That's not a real experience. No, no, no. If you're going to tell me that God made themselves manifest in the flesh to have a human experience and they were never wrong about anything. Calling bullshit. Yeah, on that. I don't think that was the case at all. The, I can't relate to them and they can't relate to me. Jesus got angry. I mean, you know, he had emotions. He had a lot. I mean, if, if you follow it at all, you see the gamut of emotions yeah. that Jesus had throughout his life. I mean, I just told this story to somebody, but I think it's really perfect for this. So Mr. Rogers got a letter from a parent who's just like, how are you so perfect? And you never yeah. get angry or yell at your kids and blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Rogers response was so profound. He said, maybe that's not a perfect parent. Maybe I'm not a perfect parent. Yeah. Maybe a perfect parent is somebody who can demonstrate the full range of emotions to their children. Yeah. And then not hurt anybody. Mm. 
Isn't that what yeah. Jesus was teaching us the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Get deconstruction. Angry. I think Love. that you, we, I sent you that one podcast. I think it was about like deconstructing faith. Yes. That was a good one. April, yeah. a joy. And I, yeah. she's going through a lot of what we're going through. Yeah. And a lot of people are deconstructing it. It's like, what's yeah. all this bullshit that people have been doing? You know, it's like a lot of smoke and mirrors. It is. Know? It's a lot of, I, I, you know, I, I always try to just narrow it down to its simplest form and say, what's going on? You know, we've talked about that. Can yeah. we simplify it and just kind of, yeah. there's a lot going on, but can we trace it to a, a particular root and, or roots? And I think one of the most um, insidious roots is that prosperity gospel. Oh, it's insidious. Ugh. If you do this, you get this wrong untrue untrue completely wrong i mean nothing could be further from the truth and easy to break down too so easy to break down man (laughs) i mean one of the most easy things to disprove is prosperity gospel but it is everywhere it's in every single christian church no matter how progressive they think they are they are still basing their teachings on some kind of reward system yeah. Do this, get this. Yeah. Well, that's not the altruism that Jesus taught, actually. Yeah. Altruism literally means you give and it hurts you. That's right. You don't get anything back for it. Yeah. Jesus sure didn't. Yeah. He did everything he did and got nailed for a cross to a cross. Right. That's altruism. I'm not, in fact, and he kept prophesying of his death. He knew. He knew. The way things are going. (laughs) He knew it, man. Like MLK said, I can see the promised land. I'm not going to get there with you. I'm not going to get there with you. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I think when I was in college, one of the greatest placards I ever read was driving to campus was faith doesn't make things easy. No, and it shouldn't. It doesn't. And it's not a. It's not a, oh, life is amazing now. It's, there's a lot of comfort, but man, there's a lot of difficulty too. There's a scripture, it's in Ecclesiastes that, um, oh gosh, the, <laughs> the correct quote is now totally escaping me. But it's that with, okay, with wisdom comes much sorrow. That's basically yeah. it. That's kind of the King James version. It, it might be different than some others, but that's yeah. basically it. And that's the whole thing with faith, with belief, with, with all this stuff. I mean, yeah, there's certain things that it should alleviate, but Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but there's still yokes and burdens. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I love all this because I, I, I actually think that if people go and watch this movie, Aniasa, is that, am I saying Aniara? Aniara, sorry, sorry, but Aniara. There is so much of what we're saying in this movie. It's not spoken out loud necessarily, but it's all there. You're watching it. You're watching it. And it's kind of a time, it's kind of a sped up version of almost every society, right? Every society comes to an end. We're constantly digging up places we didn't even know exist, right. existed. And it's constantly changing our understanding of history. 
that's what this movie is kind of about you know yeah. it's like every civilization is like this and it has an end and definitely has an end the united states will someday have an end i hope it doesn't have an end well yeah it's definitely <laughs> true there's too much hubris with with us because like we our country has barely been around like it's like a yeah. blink been around yeah. and the, the amount of um how do i say this like arrogance to think that it's like a boxer thinking they'll always be on top. Like, yeah. I'm never yeah. going to lose. Like, I'm, I'm the man. Like, you know, like everybody, everything crumbles at some point, you know. Everything. Does. I mean, Tom Brady's going to retire at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it's going to happen, you yeah. know. It's, and all these factions and things. It's just, I just don't like when things move so extreme. I've never been an extreme yeah. person, like in anything. Am I like I tend to be just very like reasonable about mm -hmm. a lot of things. I can see a lot of different pathways. You know, I'm I'm moving the dials. I'm like, OK, I see here. I see there. I see there. You know, there's too much absolutism and there's too much individualism at the same time. It's like we want all this community, but we also don't tell me what to do. It's like it's like it's these weird dichotomies forming. You can't you know? know my pain. You don't know. I'm a <laughs> like, human. I'm a human. I don't know. I know we're different. I know we've had a different yeah. life, but I'm human. Right. <laughs> it's just strange to me. I just like struggling. So I think like these conversations are good because it's good to like flesh out your feelings <clears throat> about these things. Like, yeah, an NIR, I get it. The longer you're in this no hope situation, you start creating weird stuff. You know, you have yeah. orgies, you have weird religions start popping up. You can't see the sun anymore. You're making yeah. I mean, it's like I get it. I totally understand why that would happen. You know. So I, um, the guy I'm recording right now, he's he's African-American. Yeah. And um, we were having this conversation the other night where I was we were talking about extremist groups on the right who are who have committed violence against the government and are threatening more violence against yeah. the gov government due to the last election yeah and what's going on now with the investigations and i was telling him i said they are co-opting the african-american experience that's exactly what's happening yeah they want to pretend that their voice isn't being heard and that <laughs> um it, you know what i'm saying yeah like it's you're like, getting disenfranchised i mean come yes on. <clears throat> that's what they want to yeah. believe and it, it's just so funny that this is coming on the tail of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I and know, all these right? people who were against Black Lives Matter and everything like that, they are co-opting that messaging and saying white people. Matter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's threatening violence. Like, yeah. I mean. but they were totally against violence when Black Lives Matter was going on. It's like, what are they doing? They're so violent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now they show up with their tactical gear and their oh, and their like, you know assault rifles and stand in front of an FBI building, and they're just like crazy. Yeah, it, yeah, it's crazy, and it, it is just to what you're saying though. I'm just bringing this up to say you know it's like that extremism that yeah. we're seeing and that lack of just being able to look at yourself in the mirror and see and yeah. saying to yourself, oh my gosh. I'm just taking somebody else's life experience. Yeah. And even though I've lived a completely privileged life experience, yeah. I'm going to co-opt their pain. 
and make it about me. I'm just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, guys. And by the way, not to alienate any of your audience, but if you show up at what you are calling a peaceful protest with an assault rifle, <laughs> you're a coward. I know. Exactly. Imagine coward. if a bunch of black people guts. showed up in tactical gear in yeah. front of the FBI right. building or the exactly. Capitol. Exactly. Lights out, Simon. Exactly. Lights out. Yeah. Game over. <clears throat> yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> it's just such a conundrum. It's such a, conundrum. a conundrum. But then I mean, the, also just say, this is my right. And then to invoke religion related to it. That's mm. the other that's the other mm. piece that gets thrown in also is the placards. It's like, this is my right, my freedom. And God sent me or this is it's just like this is sickening, man. Like you're, you're making this shit up, man. I was God like, you're literally making president. it up. Yeah. yeah, you're making it up <laughs> like. Anything to try and fit a narrative where you can retain power. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's that's all what about. it is, man. Like white people don't want to become the minority. And that's really what it's all about. I think that's so what too, immigration's man. about. That's I agree. Every topic that we talk about, whether it is, you know, um, how how crazy lopsided the judicial system is. Yeah. White crime versus black crime, which is not a thing, by the way. Yeah. It's just crime. <laughs> it's just crime, man. <laughs> um, or if it's, you know, immigrants coming into our country or anything like that. And, and they don't hide it either. That's the other no. problem where it's like, no. they're not even being insidious about it. They're just wide out in the open, no. just saying, no. well, Muslim families are having too many babies. The white <laughs> families need to, need to, you know, I mean, that's the idea behind outlawing abortions is so white people can't have abortions. So they'll have all their babies. So they don't become the minority. Right. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> It's plain and simple because they know what happens when you become the minority. What's the history of being a minority or being different? It's now usually not a good outcome, but that's the thought that they think would happen. Yeah. Like, well, what crazy. if multicultural families became the majority? Right. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't can't we see that that might solve all of our problems? I know. I a family like yours, right? Yeah, of course. Exactly. Very different looking family, extremely different. Ronnie Taylor's family, who I'm recording right here, white wife, you know, multi, you know, multicultural family. Yeah. Um, my family's not a good example of that. All, <laughs> Simon, get with we're it. Like, we're, we're, all, we're all like, you know, got the complexion of Elmer's glue, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, <laughs> but, But I mean, that solves our problems, really, when you get down to it, you know, integration, mm -hmm. not segregation. That's right. Solves your problems. Now there's no real minority anymore because everybody's mixed. Yeah. Right. It's always power, Simon. I think you're right. Just holding on to power. And I feel and like it's this desperate. It's desperate. We ever seen anything. I always say this. I'm like, anytime something's on the verge of losing a majority grip and anything that's when it scratches the hardest, man. That's yeah. when it's the ugliest on the way down. It's never when it's on the top, it's on the way down. That's when it gets nasty. You know, when you see that you are quite probably never going to win a majority vote again. Yeah. Nationally. 
That's when you get nasty. You get real desperate. That's what's happening, right? I'm telling you, it's what's happening. You start yeah. doing stuff that you may have never considered before. Yeah. You know, if you were once the party about business and conservative values and taxes, and then now you start becoming something that is unrecognizable, you know, you, 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 you weaponize fear. You weaponize fear. Because fear yeah. will get people out to yeah. either to demonstrate or to, and both sides do that. And both, yes, exactly. Both Extremist liberalism fear. is very yeah. similar. I mean, Your righteous wokeness, like, yeah. you know, it's garbage. You know, <clears throat> it's like, this is, man. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> like, no, it's funny. You know, I, I watch um, Bill Maher. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think he's an a hole. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, everybody. But it's fun to watch, watch though. It's fun <laughs> to watch. And I, I think I told you this one time, actually, I'm watching him and I'm like, you know, I agree with him more than I disagree. I do fundamentally disagree with him sometimes, but sure. usually yeah. I agree with him. So I guess I'm an a-hole too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, no, there's, a, there's definitely a lot to agree with that. He says there's some outlandish stuff, but there's a lot to agree with. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's a comedian. So, of you know, course. you always yeah. take that with a grain of salt. You know, you yeah. always say, all right, this is a comedian's perspective on yeah. American politics and society. You know, he's, he's not trying to be the, the infallible Pope. No, he's trying to tell a joke, get people yeah. to laugh. There's always a, and make line. a point. Yeah. And make a point, which I think is great. You know, I'm a big fan of all the guys who do that, whether it's John Stewart, Oliver, yeah. you know, John Oliver, mm-hmm. um, all these guys um, who do, and, and Trevor Noah has become, one of my favorites I yeah mean, because he brings so much joy to it yeah and i i i just appreciate somebody who brings so much joy to delivering me bad news yeah it's true my wife loves <laughs> trevor noah she watches him all the time yeah. yeah well i mean how can you not love trevor noah That's you can great. disagree with like everything he's saying but he's so dang cute and happy he is so cute <laughs> you know that you're just like oh trevor <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i want to do you know like when i'm writing this book that i mentioned things like that i'm just like i'm trying to write this book with a lot of joy i'm trying yeah. to present a message with a lot of joy because i would not have wanted to have grown up any other way than than that i did yeah all the problems and with that, 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 that come with it you know, and, and, and so I am, I'm not trying to destroy my own faith either. I'm not right. trying to, you know, I'm trying yeah. to enhance it. I'm trying to say, you know, this, this has problems, but I want it to be something. Yeah. Yeah. And what does it have, have value? Yeah. And I think <laughs> like, it does have value. Yeah, of course it does. But sometimes the people who are in charge of it, are just devaluing it so much big time <laughs> like, <laughs> like big time. i read all those things you read about decreased church membership and all these things and i look at my wife and i say you know this could be fixed it's not that hard <laughs> like, i was like it's just being driven down by uh, this crazy extremist ideas and stuff yeah like, it's like the, you gotta if you have to be willing you need renegade pastors and people in church who are like, listen, you know, we're going to talk about this. I'm not sure all this is true, (laughs) but like, you know, I believe in the concept of this. And I believe that, you know, listen, love gay people. You are my people, man. 
like and just leave it at yeah. that. And like the thing I have is when like people cross the line, like you're my people and I don't like what you're doing and you're what you're doing is wrong. But you're my brother. Did you need to say the other part? Like, exactly. Did you need to say, Jesus didn't say that. There's all, always the caveat, right? Yeah. It's you didn't like, need that. I love you anyway. It's yeah. like, no, don't love me anyway. Love <laughs> right. me exactly how I am. Right. That's the whole message behind Mr. Rogers. Right. The most Christian man that's probably lived in the last, you know, 2000 <laughs> years since Jesus. Right. I love you or yeah, I like you just the way just you the are. Way you are. Won't you be my neighbor? You're right. No, no addendum to that. No addendum. No, nothing. just this is it. You know, no HOAs and Mr. Robert. There's Mr. no Rogers HOAs. No, <laughs> there's no, Hey, you can't park on the lawn here. You know, <laughs> you, <right>. can't, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the whole thing, you know, it's just, I mean, we're finding that um, the United States started out as an isolationist yeah. country for good reason. We couldn't really meddle in world affairs. Then yeah. we grew became the wealthiest and the most powerful military in, in the world. Now we're meddling in everything. Yeah. But we're not meddling it in, in, a, in a way that says, won't you be my neighbor a lot of the time? Right. Right. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to demonize the United States either because it does a lot of good in the world too. And I'm sure. not trying to not recognize that, but there's a lot of ways that we're going around the world and we are not communicating the message. Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, we're communicating the message. We have allies and, the, and those who are not our allies. Right. Right. And we'll do business with our allies, but not the people who are not our allies. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like and even the people who are our, our allies will only support you so much because the guy, the people that you're at war with, we don't want to be at war. with. You know what I mean? But, it, but it's yeah. just like but we're just not communicating the message that we are the world's neighbor very well all the time. Right. And we're, right. and we're, especially when we are so cutthroat with each other, how yeah. could we possibly do good in the world if we can't take care of our own house? Right. And people see that other countries see that they see, oh, gosh, yeah, <clears throat> they see the turmoil and the dissension. They go, what's going on here? Like you got to yeah. take care of your own. You can't even clean your own house. How are you going to yeah. clean our house? You know, like, <laughs> Exactly. You're going to help us out. You can't even help yourself out. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, I see yeah. that so clearly <clears throat> all the time. But, you know, it's this whole power structure, power struggle that we're going through. And that's why I love movies. Movies display this often. Yes. In whatever, whether in it's 90 minutes. In 90 minutes, you get the gist of reality. Yeah. And a lot of reality. That's why movies are amazing. They, they paint a portrait, they're a microcosm for what's actually happening. You know? Yes. And that is, you know, what we we're just talking about. Like, that is why I just always feel like an outsider in Christianity. Mm. It's not that I necessarily want to be an outsider in Christianity. Yeah. I'd love to walk into that room and not just stand in the doorway. But I have, I'm stuck in the doorway because I'm looking in the room and I'm seeing that, you know, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be too far. Actually, my pastor said this the other day, you know, if, if, it was like, I think, a poem by a pretty well-known person in Christianity. It was like, you know, you should just stand by the door. 
you should mm-hmm. never be fully in it. Yeah. Because when you're fully in it, you never see the people on the outside of the door. It's ever. true. You should it's never true. be fully zealotry over the top. You should be always be standing at the door, never fully in it. Always. When you're doing that, you 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 stop judging other people. You really do. You stop, you know, saying, oh, well, I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, but I love you anyway. Yeah. Because Jesus told me to. If Jesus didn't tell me to, I might not, though. Here's the, <laughs> yeah. true, the true and tried way to, to gauge your own faith. Would I live this way if I found out there was no God? Right. Yeah. Would I still believe the same? Would I still, you know coming from a mormon background right 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 would i still do all the same things if there were no god right and if the answer is no you need to do some soul searching gotta do some soul searching yeah if the answer was if there's no jesus i don't have to love i don't have to love my neighbor anymore yeah (laughs) right (laughs) right or if there's no heaven, I don't need to get a reward. So now I can just do whatever the heck I want. Yeah. But what do you really want to do? That goes back to the question. And it says you always do what you want to do. You always do what you want to do. Yeah. You've been imbued with this beautiful spirit and mind and consciousness. And I really just believe it's you're making. Obviously, there's factors that hinder people in life, for sure. I would never. There's a lot of things that of hinder. I would never disparage people. That's there's a lot of roadblocks in life. Everyone knows that here yeah. and there. But in the end, I mean, you do make a lot of decisions. You make decisions about what you want to do every single day. And it's just funny. You said something that like I've been trying to encapsulate maybe my entire life. I have lived on the outside of that door from the beginning. Yeah. And I have had a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt about not being in there. Like, you know, being going to small groups and being super servant at a church. Like, it just never felt like my thing, man. And I was like, why is this never felt like for me? Yeah. And I've never turned the I've never turned the corner on it, Simon, ever. And I've tried. It just doesn't feel right to me. And I just feel like an outsider all the time. But I still have a very strong faith. I just don't I never want to be fully in there. I don't think I've ever said that, actually. It just it just feels it feels like too much to me. Like, I'm just like overly in i don't see anything else like this is nothing else can exist buddhism doesn't exist taoism doesn't exist mormonism whatever like i just i don't i can't shut that off you know yeah like i you can't no no you can't. i don't think god wants me to well, <laughs> like here's my attitude about that and i was talking to somebody just recently about this as well we're just talking about there we're, we're talking about the concept that of basically like a chosen people because whether you're talking about the Old Testament Israelites, you're talking about modern Christianity. Yeah. There's a chosen people. These are the people who are chosen by God yeah. to be his people. That's a terrible dad. Yeah. A God that ignores Egypt and the Philistines and the Assyrians and the, you know, 
and, and, and doesn't do anything with them. Doesn't call a profit for them. Yeah. Doesn't talk to them face to face the way Moses talked to God. Right. That's a terrible dad. Yeah. That's an absentee father. So you have to go back and read the old Testament, go back and read the old Testament in this lens that God fails a lot when he flooded the earth because his children were too wicked. Yeah. That's a bad dad. <laughs> right. That's a father who failed. He failed so bad. He had to kill his children. Right. Have you failed that bad as a father? Right. I sure haven't. Yeah. <laughs> right. He failed so bad as a father. He had to rain down fire and brimstone yeah. on Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. That's a bad dad. Yeah. Are you willing to believe that that's your father? Yeah. Cause that's what the old Testament's telling you to believe that your yeah. father is a terrible father and right. he has a bad plan and he doesn't talk to most of his children. He ignores yeah. them. Yeah. Which is, which is the beauty of this conversation is critically thinking about that, saying it out loud, but still believing <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty that's the of trick. the conversation because yeah. it, that could cripple you could yeah. cripple you. That stuff never does that to me. And actually in many ways, it just reinforces it for me. It just really does. Anytime I step out on a ledge and different things that I do, I'm like, this just keeps bringing me back to it. Yeah. <laughs> like it literally does. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, to, to, to your point, I'm so morbidly curious <laughs> <laughs> about this religion, you know, and, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm just struggling. Like I told you, I'm struggling to be a spiritual person in the face of all of this. Yeah. That is so obvious to me. It's like, it is a slap in the face every time yeah. I look at it. Yeah. But, but just like you, just, I keep going back. It comes, it pulls you in, man. Back. I keep going back yeah. because I, I just want there to be something there. I want yeah. every experience that I've had in my life to be so full of meaning. Yeah. The flip side of that coin is that even if there was no God, I'd still want the same life. Yeah. And my life would be really full of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't lose its meaning just because when I die, there's nothing else. Yeah. It wouldn't lose any of its meaning. And if it does for you, just talking to anybody. Yeah. Then re-examine your spirituality. Yeah. Seriously, re-examine it. What I mean, if that is the only thing that gives your life meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the author Anne Rice interview with the vampires. She was a huge atheist for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And she said, I really need to explore why I am this way and really dive deep into scientific literature, discussions with a lot of different people. And uh, she became a follower and it yeah. was hard for her. She yeah. had a difficult time with it. Uh, but, it's, but she went down like Lee Strobel. A lot of people don't know. Lee Strobel was a huge atheist, huge mm. And he went through this massive journalistic exploration to trying to disprove this. He literally was trying to disprove it. Yeah. And it, it broke him. He's like, there's no other explanation. I'm not saying that you could have the opposite with the other aspect, have belief and then not have it. 
you know. Sure, yeah. But I think the point is, is to least you have to give yourself, you got to go up and swing that bat a lot. <laughs> you know, you're going to strike out sometimes. You got to get up to the plate, though, and you, you have do. to question, you know, yeah, you just have to as your own uh, individual person, you know. And that's why, you know, when, when, when we believe in a benevolent God, when we believe in a God who so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Do you really believe in that God? Then you'll be okay. No matter where yeah, your life's you'll be journey okay. takes you. You'll be okay. If your life's journey takes you to not believe in that, but you earnestly were seeking, you were a seeker. You were, you were trying to find truth and you were yeah. just wrong. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody likes that. <laughs> People don't yeah. like that. <laughs> That's why I'm okay with it. It's like, yeah. I got, I got a lot of ideas. A lot of them are probably really wrong. <laughs> That's why I'm not absolute about them. That's why I'm not right. saying I'm right. You're wrong. You're right. I'm just saying, this is how I see it. This, you know, this is the stage of the journey that I'm on right now. Yeah. Tomorrow, something could happen. I could read something. Somebody could say something to me. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to yeah. change with the new information that I receive yeah. each and every moment. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it. And I know for me personally, every time I've done that exploration, like you, I, I always get pulled back. And I, I have thought in my mind that this is something that feels very innate to me. Like not because my parents told me, or because I went to church a lot as a kid and stuff. As an adult, over all these, my 44 years of existence, this actually feels pretty innate to me. Mm -hmm. But there's still things that I just think are not true. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I think that's, that's where I want to live. Is like, hey, you know what? I, I really don't think that's what that means, honestly. That's totally yeah. not true. I'm like, let's no. argue about it. Yeah, let's talk let's about, argue like, let's argue about it. Let's argue about it. Yeah. And, and, and we still love each other. We're still neighbors. Right. Right. I mean, you know how many like I, I know so many people who are lesbian, gay, and they are huge followers of Christ. Huge. Yeah. And I would have so much respect for those folks because I'm like, you're overcoming something here. Pretty large. Like the people oh, at the gosh, place you go yeah. to don't want you there. Probably. Yeah. Like they don't want you there. And you're still you're you're repping hard for it. <laughs> it's exactly. like there's something beautiful about that. There is something beautiful about it. And there's something about that. that was just like, so for the record, before I say this, I do not view homosexuality as a sin. So no, just for the record, before I say that. Yeah. However, I, I'm still going to use this analogy of, you know, the woman who comes in tears, washes Jesus' sure. feet and he says, your sins are forgiven. You go that way, you know, but that that's the idea for all of us. So if you really think that, you know, whatever, this is a sin, that's a sin or whatever, and that person's coming to church, that's the person that Jesus is forgiving. Not you, you self-righteous bastard. Yeah, exactly. Who thinks you already got it figured out. <laughs> exactly. He's pumped about it. I mean, he's like so pumped. He's like, this is awesome, man. Like, why can't we be like that? You know, it's like. That's what I want us to be more like. It's like, listen, there's just, why would somebody, you think about the history, like me being a black person, imagine, I mean, 
I always which think, I do believe is a sin, by the way. It's a, okay, it's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> but like, think about how hard it. I always think. I think about this. Think about slaves. How hard it had to have been to believe in God as a slave. Which is why Moses is such a big figure in the black community, right? But, but to have slaves had a tremendous faith, and and I always said like, and, and please to see don't these white slave owners have yeah. your same faith. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was we thinking, all believe what? in the same God, but you right. own me, right? What you're holding me, but what? How to? What a tremendous beauty and faith when you are in captivity. And but you know what? It, it was a comfort, something to lean on during that yeah, time. And I, that's one of the beautiful things about faith is that comfort and, and the and the leaning on on that. And I think I always have so much respect for people who have faith in times when you it would have been easy for them to be like, nope, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, there's no done. way. Logically, I should be. In we're done. This. Here. Yeah, yeah, we're done here. There's something beautiful about that, man. There is something inspires about me. You know, yes, there is something beautiful about somebody who, you know, I mean, that, that's that's just kind of like the sports story of coming overcoming the odds. Yeah, you know what I mean, you're the underdog. Yeah. I I think faith is the underdog. It's honestly. the underdog. It is yeah. the underdog, and it, and it should be because it is believing True. in something unseen. Yeah. And if that's not the underdog, but, but it's crazy that in our society, <laughs> science is the underdog. <laughs> that's what's crazy. That's the underdog, right? <laughs> it's crazy to me. I mean, it should be the exact opposite where most yeah. of us are listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson. And then there's these like outliers who have faith. That's yeah. how it should look. Right. You know, <laughs> um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the new prophet, of, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> personal astrophysicist <laughs> listens to his podcast, but yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, that that's what uh, it, it's so intriguing about um, faith is that uh, you know, not Christianity per se, but just religion around the world mm -hmm. is the majority. It's the huge majority, yes. <laughs> like huge. People are worrying about church attendance going down, but atheism is not on the rise. No, United it's States. still a fraction, very yeah. fraction. It's not, it's not like it's just overwhelming force. No, <laughs> it's, like, it's that people are just fed up with the things that we've been talking that's about. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. People and people are recognizing are, yeah. the hypocrisy and yes. they don't want to be a part of it. That's exact. They're seeing through all the garbage. They're like, wait, 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 wait. This seems like a lot of bullshit, actually. Yeah. You know, this may be true, but like, why are you making this weird? <laughs> That's what I feel like what's happening is people you like, sound like every woman I've ever been with. <laughs> Simon, Why are you what? making this weird? It's just a good thing, Simon. Stop making yeah. it weird. <laughs> like, uh, that's basically the relationship I feel we're in. It's like I think a lot of people are willing to be like, this is a wonderful, comforting thing. Why are you making it weird? I like, Christianity. Stop making it weird. <laughs> stop making it weird. Seriously. <laughs> Why are you guys making this weird? Sim let's distill this down. It's not that hard. Stop making it weird. Because it's it's ugly when you see it. It's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly, and I, I get so turned off by it. It's 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 like watching politics, and yeah. most religion has become politicized. It has become, and it always has been politicized. Yeah. It's not a new thing. I mean, religion was the politics of the Old Testament, correct? You know, and so, um, and and people, there's a big faction of. Christians who want it to be the, they want the, it to the, be. the politics the of America. Yeah. And we're just like, 
that's not who we are. That's not. We the people, not we the Christians. Nope. Nope. <laughs> exactly. We the people. Yeah. And that includes, I think, 15% of our population that is, in fact, atheist. Yeah. Right. Everyone they should They get be an equal say at the table. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just people making things strange. Like if you're, if anything that's extreme, it becomes like the main voice, it ruins things. You know, it's like, you ever seen a really, speaking of movies, if a movie is just too over the top stupid, it's like, really? I mean, this is just dumb. Yeah. Like watching The Gray Man. What a horrible movie. <laughs> so over the top CGI. It was just like, okay, this could be a good movie. This makes sense. Why are you making it weird? <laughs> this is literally what's happening with the movie. <laughs> or when there's an orgy in the, in the right. It's like, why did you make this weird? Like, it's like, this is like my philosophy, and, Simon. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like, this is good. Stop making it weird. Okay. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be this complicated. I think, <laughs> like, I think that should be like a whole other segment of your podcast. I know. You know the, the episodes under the <laughs> subtitle Stop Making It Weird. Stop Making It Weird. Right. It's like everybody's making stuff weird that literally has no reason for being weird. Uh, you know, it's like, OK, um, it's pretty cut and dry here, buddy. You know, I put something in the ground, plant the seed, comes up, gives me food. What else do we need to do to make this weird? <laughs> it's like yeah. it's not good enough for it to be the simple. <laughs> like, you know, and that's that's what Jesus said. By by their fruits, you shall know them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's just like, why are we not still? I mean, we're at a nice point in our history in the United States where even conservatives quote MLK. Yeah. And they want to say things like, but they weaponize it against yeah. things like the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. Why aren't you judging us by the character, our character instead of by the color of our skin? Yeah. Uh, because you keep doing things like voter suppression. Yeah, exactly. You're making things weird. Against minorities. Because yeah. Yeah, you're making it weird. You're making, you're it, making weird. it really uncomfortable. Right. For people to want, for, you know, minorities to right. want to vote for you because you keep doing things that is specifically yeah. against their interests. Yeah. And I just... Oh man, I just find that so curious, you know, and and disheartening, and sure. you know that, that that so much of this stuff gets co-opted and weaponized, and that yeah. that's the thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, slavery was excused by Christianity because they weaponized passages yeah. in the Old Testament, and the way that Jesus never outright said slavery is bad, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. So we'll just take that and say slavery is good. Yes. <laughs> Two thumbs up for yeah. slavery. <laughs> you we know? just have to like be willing to like evaluate the things you're into. It was like one time I was on a podcast and these are good friends of mine. But again, I never mind blowing, blowing things up. I really yeah. don't mind it. And they're like hardcore Democrats. And, uh, you know, they were like, well, you know, we, I was like, well, I, this is not a, we, I'm not a Democrat. I'm like, they were saying, I was like, exactly. I was like, don't, don't put me into this. I said, but okay. So you would only vote for Democrats is what, this is what you're, I like for people to tell me, I'd like to like operationally define what they're telling me. You would only do this. Yes. What if that person was Donald Trump? 
what if the Democratic nominee was Donald? Would you vote for him? You just told me you would vote for whoever is yeah. the Democrat. Like, yeah. And they really like you could see the breaking down. Well, I don't I, I'm not. Well, I'm like, no, you told me, though, because like, he originally tried to run as a Democrat. right. He used to be. I mean, like, but nobody what would you do. Yeah. Nobody. And they <laughs> just they had find, such a hard yeah. time with it. I was like, but see, these are the things you should be questioning in your mind. Yeah. Like, what no. if an equally horrible person was on your side? Would you continue to keep doing this this way of thinking, this very mono, you know, one track thinking? Like, people don't do that, though, Simon. They don't no, do no, that. No. No, do. no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's why there's people like you and I who are, who are not Republican or Democrat. You know, yeah, we're, I, we're constantly just trying to throw a wrench into the machine and say all hey, the time, you know man, what? you know yeah. what? What if? What if I mean, you're doing exactly I mean, uh, that's so great. I, this is this is why you and I just understand each but other. We, we so understand well, it. Yeah. You know, because we're both the guy who's standing in the doorway. I'm in the doorway, taking it all in yeah. and then whispering. What if? What if? And the other I got into this big thing the other day with some and I was like, see, like with me, I was like, I'm not going to vote for someone just because to cancel out someone else. I'm like. Yeah. It's got to like make sense to me. Yeah. So it's going to be someone I even if I know the person has no chance of winning, I'm going to feel good about it aligning with the values that I think are really important. Well, like, not because it's aligning with this. If this person gets it, then this bad person will be there. This person. That's what most people do. Yeah, literally. They're like, well, I don't like this person, but I don't want this other person. I'm like, how people about you just think for yourself two evils? Think you know? for yourself. Yeah. Put it on the line. Put in someone that you think is just amazing and they would be a great person, even though, you know, they wouldn't. They're not going to win 100 percent. Sure. It's not going to happen. That's yeah. how I roll, man. I'm not giving in to none of this stuff, man, at all. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, back to that, you know, MLK quote by the character by their character, yeah. not their, not the color of their skin. The color of their skin is sometimes whether or not they're a Republican, Democrat, or anything yeah, like I mean, that. Yeah. And you know, you, so, to your point, it's like so you're you're just. I mean, when when Donald Trump became president, I was like, I said this out loud. I said this is not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. Because they voted somebody in, not on the content of their character. Right. Right. It doesn't matter to me that they're they were Republican, by the no. way. No. There have been plenty of Republicans who are men of great character, That's just right. like there's been plenty of Democrats, and there have been plenty on both sides that have been people of no character. Right, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it had nothing to do with Donald Trump being a Republican that I said this isn't no. gonna end well. It had everything to do with the content of that person's character. Right. And I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, you I told, told, you, told so. you so. And I hate to tell you it's <laughs> going to happen again if you don't, you know, if it happens. But I'm not going to like, I'm going to vote this way so that he doesn't get in. That's just not how I roll, man. If I, I got to be consistent in my life. If I, I got to be, I can't be like this one way just because of this out potential outcome. I want to be consistent. I'm standing at the door looking around 360. Mm, yeah. I don't like any of this. <laughs> I'm like, that's what that's why we're not affiliated with a political. That's party. what I'm saying. I like, don't like any of this. I don't I'm not like any be of affiliated. this. Affiliated. 
It's like, oh, I don't like hot dogs or I don't like ice cream, but I'm going to have ice cream because the hot dog people are <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like, it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm just not going to have either. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'll have some chips. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the chips? <laughs> like, exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, that yeah. is so most religion and politics and things like that are trying to live in a binary existence. Right. Either or. Either or. And you and I are not in there. Not in that, man. We're not ones and zeros. And 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 nobody is, but they want to simplify it and and try to and try to tell themselves that they are. Yeah. But like, you're not. You're, you're not a complex. Yeah. Human being. Every single person, even even Donald Trump. It's true. He's a complex guy. True. He's, you know, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's all bad. I'm sure he's capable of great goodness. I'm sure I'm he's sure. capable of just anything any other human is capable of. Right. Because he's a complex human being. Yeah. It's true. A lousy president. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of lousy presidents. There. Of, yeah. yeah, lousy. Yeah. And so many. It's just the power grab to me again. It's like if you told somebody if if a person like that, you say, hey, well, if you did on if you went to this side, you would 100 percent win. They probably would do it. It is it's like if the outcome pleases you and you're in this one track, if you're in this thing, you probably just do whatever the outcome is for you. Am I going to win? Okay, I'll do that. Thing is, for me, is I'm okay not winning. It's okay yes. if I don't win. Winning is not the goal for me. That's not the goal. I know this is a society. It's all about winning and leveling up and scaling and all this stuff. I mean, seriously, LinkedIn, if I get another person who wants to scale my business, like not everybody <laughs> wants to scale their business. Sometimes people want to just play the guitar and watch Netflix in the afternoon instead of being productive. That exists yeah. still. It's like, yeah, like winning is never been. The, it's not the goal for me. You know, the the goal for me is to have a fulfilling existence with great conversation, be a good example of humanity to other people. And regardless of what happens, be someone who is a light to other people, a, not a perfect person, that. a light to other people. Not You're doing perfect. That. You're a luminary. You're a luminary. <laughs> just it, man. I just want to talk to people. I want to understand them. You know, that's it. And do and I judge people? Hell others. yeah, I judge people. I, of course, I'm a human people, human being. I've judged many people yeah. in my life. It is what it is, man. But I, I try right, hard to way. not. All right. We just <laughs> judge, judge Donald Trump all the time. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm imperfect. I make mistakes. Sometimes I see something I go, oh, that's not good. <laughs> like, like, why are you yeah. wearing that? Why are you wearing that? I think that is like. But I work hard to try to be a light most of the time in that's, my life. That's, that's it, man. That's what being a Christian is. Yeah, I'm working it's not on putting it. your it's not putting your candle under the bushel. It's shining on the hill. Yeah, it's being the and that's what you're doing. You're out there, you know, and you're giving everybody you talk to a fair and equal shape. Right. Present your side of the story. Present your side. That's right. Tell me who you are. Yes. I want to hear about it. You know, I'm not going to shut you down. Listen, I've, as we both know, I've heard a lot of weird things on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so like, heard some weird stuff. And I've heard some weird stuff. Yeah. But these are also some of the people I love the most. 
because yeah. I actually get to know them and spend time love with a them. weirdo. Yeah. Come on. I'm weird. I mean, come on. It's like, Weirdos are always the most lovable characters in a movie or no, right? Who doesn't love Revenge of the Nerds, man? I mean, come on. <laughs> we might have to talk about that movie, man. We might that's, have to talk about that. That's one. like an amazing. We should do that next. That's like an amazing movie. <laughs> it's like that's quintessential eighties. <laughs> it's like if you can wrap up everything about those feel good comedies of yeah. the eighties. It's right there in Revenge of the it's Nerds. It's like peak eighties, you know. Yeah, it's like they're just really sitting there is. watching. And the the land the house that they bugged with all the cameras, yes. I'm like, there's a little dirtiness in there, man. I like it. Like, <laughs> everybody got a little dirty dog in them? <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not <laughs> like, saying the nerds are necessarily good people. I mean, we didn't say that, but it's definitely peak '80s, man. I mean, who does like a music video, basically a performance? That then it's oh, it really is. How great it is that? Is. I mean, it's like got booger presley on the guitar <laughs> it was one of my favorite scenes when i was it's, young you know it's all it's so funny right it's like yeah no one dude there's nobody coming to this party except for lamar but he's he has he's coming with a guy it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh i was dying <laughs> lambda moves <laughs> oh man i just shared our um episode about demolition man with um with uh, uh ronnie here yeah because he and i were talking about it and it's so funny we're all the same age yeah and we all have this connection to demolition man I'm telling you man but in a different way like he he and i were conversing about it he's breaking it down in a totally different way yeah. than you and i had talked about yeah it. and and you and i had talked about it the way you know and criticizing um wokeness and all those yeah. kinds of things that we were talking about well he came at it he's like a white man traveled through time <laughs> to take down a black man <laughs> he's like there's nothing a white man won't do to take down a black man he'll go and cryo even you know for years <laughs> he'll destroy a whole building oh that's a different he'll, take he'll destroy everything around him yeah. to take down a black man <laughs> that's a different take man <laughs> it's a it's a good take it's a Go definitely different funny that movie good from take, that man. perspective where it's like he is just surrounded by white people he is man he's really i mean there's the old helicopter pilot you know but those yeah. are the only two black people with lines yeah one of them is basically a tuskegee airman yeah pretty much and then the other one is the black man everybody fears <laughs> right and yet no one still knew how to use the bathroom. <laughs> I still didn't understand that part, but <laughs> like, oh, man, yeah. I mean, you're the man. This is always seems like to me, this is spiritual, like these conversations. Absolutely. They, this is this is maybe church. This, this is church. Yeah. You know what? You cut. You took it. I was like conflicted about saying that, but I like that we we're honest with each other about these things. You know, Jesus like, said when two or more witnesses are gathered in my name, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly right. This is, that doing. feels like speaking is meditation to me. Like yes. it always has been like, and then when like, uh, everybody knows I do this at the end of the show now. Okay. I always say something nice to Simon. Right? Yeah, well, he says know, a lot I of bad it. things to me it. on text, but it's okay. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's very rare 
in life to meet someone and to have instant chemistry with them. Yeah. And uh, I am very grateful that your wife introduced us together. I know, right? It's right. Kind it of didn't broke back mountain her situation. First. It is a little, yeah. yes, yeah, romance <laughs> there. But it was instant. It was like lightning. It was very yeah. instant. And my wife was like, way. yeah, my wife was like, you know, you're on. I, I, she listened to the podcast. too. she's like, you're on with all these people and stuff. And then she's like, you're kind of different with different people. I said, I'm probably the most different with Simon because it's the most comfortable. Yeah, I'm like I am exactly. with someone. It feels yeah. like I never ask questions. I just talk to you. Yeah. Everybody else. I ask questions. Yeah. I just talk to you. Yeah. That is, well, that's, there's that's, beauty in that. That's old friends getting together. That's old friends getting together. And Simon and I have never met each other in person. We've never been in the same room. We've never been you in know, the same yeah, room. We, yeah. But For all the, I know, you're like wearing a mask and I don't even know what you really look like. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're a lizard person under there. Yeah. You know? well, okay. This is a QAnon here. I mean, we could talk about that. <laughs> I've done the but, research. But it's, <laughs> but it's true. And I think that is something about the human experience. Once again, we keep going back to this, but the human yeah. experience is that you find connection with other people. You do. And those people can be a couple thousand miles away. Right. Right. It's not unlike but, a pen pal, like um, a pen pal situation for someone really far away when they have this huge 20, 30 year relationship and they yeah. don't even see. It's just I'm just grateful for it. I'm like and because I know so many people in my life. And here's here's the big here's the big crescendo of this statement. All right. I know so many. I know so many people because of this podcast have networked with thousands of people. There may not be a better person I'd want to talk to than you. Oh, man. That's beautifully said. I'm serious. I wish I could say the same thing about you. No, well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't expect reciprocal thing. I just expect to say what my feelings are on it. That's no, all. I I, that is, I mean, that's why, you know, I was so excited to do this twice a month. Yeah, that's yeah. Why, you know, just like, I look forward to this time with you so much. It is literally like getting together with a best friend. It's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you know, and, and somebody you don't get to see, yes. you, know, you know, and it's yeah. like, Oh yes. I get to go talk to Darian. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that's exactly it. And I know we're going to talk about real stuff, real stuff. I know <laughs> yeah. we're not going to be, you know, time out fluff and whatever, no, you know, we're going to no. get on there and we're going to have a real conversation. And that is the thing that I crave most in my life is to have real connection one-on-one -on -one with people. And, and this connection that you and I have, have shared has just fulfilled that yes. for me, you know, and Thank it fulfills you, it every time we get on here. I feel the same way. It's magic. Yeah. It's just feels, it's just, just magic. It's just energy. I see it on my calendar. I'm like, this is like, this is going to be awesome. Like, yeah. and you know, in life, you don't always get that, you know, you're kind of, uh, well, I'm going to do this. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I mean, I am fortunate. I have a lot of good things that I experience in my life, but this is up there, man. This is like yeah. very rare air. Seriously. Oh yeah. And I I'm agree. speaking to people constantly. I mean, I'm putting yeah, out so much are. stuff. You've got so much content. <laughs> like a it's lot. It's hard for me to keep up with. I'm I know. Trying. Everybody tells me, it's like, there's always something coming out. It's like, yeah. yeah. I said, but there's only, there's only a few that I'm willing to do this for. Yeah. And yeah, so you exactly. fulfill that. So anyway, thank you so much for being my friend. And uh, 
I just appreciate you tremendous. I truly, I love you, man. You're a good dude, man. I love you too. Yeah, yeah. you as well. Yeah. Well. See, this is what I do at the end every time. I give yeah. Simon, he, he gives me a lot of shit on text. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll share the text. It's somewhat sexual. <laughs> expose uh, me. <laughs> I'm going to expose you for the real guy he is. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, I'll get canceled everywhere. You know, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, really? It's he said it's, that? Yeah. yeah. I'll never okay. get a job again. Everybody <laughs> you know. We're both artists, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Simon, <laughs> <laughs> you the man. Signing off, you man. Too. All Talk right, man. You, soon. you got Bye-bye. it.